Happy Friday, beautiful. We are back in our little mini-series where we are talking about how betrayal, infidelity, affects both the betrayed partner and the betrayer. And you know, this past Tuesday, I kind of gave you 12 things that usually the betrayed deals with when they have come face to face with the truth about their spouse's infidelity. And on Tuesday, we kind of broke it down step by step of the different things that you are faced with. Today, I'm going to actually give you a remedy, so to speak, or the things that you can actually begin to put into practice to help you heal from some of the devastation that you've been experiencing since you discovered his infidelity. So stay tuned because it's going to be a great one. Hey beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her, must have been my fault and this pain, it'll never go away until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Welcome back to the show, beautiful. You know, we've had some really great responses to this mini-series. I've had many say, Lisa, it is opening my eyes to understand both sides of the coin, both sides of the story when it comes to betrayal. I'm kind of understanding a little bit more about how the mind of the betrayer works. And I'm also getting feedback from those who are unfaithful saying that they've listened to this mini-series so far and they're starting to grasp the impact of their poor choices, their betrayal on their spouse. They're realizing what it does to the betrayed. And so that was the whole purpose of this mini-series is to really give you some eye-opening truth as to how betrayal affects both the betrayer and the betrayed, because it does. There's ramifications on both sides. Today, we're going to kind of wrap up what it does to the betrayed spouse, the one who's been um, cheated on. We're going to finish this one today, and then Tuesday, we're going to come back and talk about 
what it's like for the betrayer. What happens when you betray your spouse? What are the implications in your life? And we're going to start to dissect that on Tuesday. Make a note so you can be back for that one. So you know, beautiful, in the aftermath of betrayal, your body and your mind are struggling terribly with an ongoing trauma response. And as we've kind of talked about earlier, betrayal is something that unfolds over time. And your understanding of your altered reality, you know, what it means for you, you've been betrayed, the truth that you're now slapped with, it's in front of your face, and what happens next will unfold over time as well. So what does this mean? It means that over the next months or weeks or months, or maybe even the next few years, you're not going to be like you used to be. Reality is you're never going to be the same. Betrayal changes all parties involved and it changes the way you function for a period of time. Your brain doesn't operate the way it used to. Your body, of course, doesn't operate the way it used to. Um, it just zaps you at the core. Your energy is going to be very different. For some, you're in hypervigilance. You feel like you're the energizer bunny. You just have been plugged up to the wall socket and you're exhausted, yet you can't stop. You've, you're trying to keep ahead of the trauma, so you're constantly on the go. For some of you, your energy is probably lower. You feel like you can't even pull yourself out of bed. You have don't even have the energy to breathe most of the time. I remember I felt that way. I said, you know, I don't even have the energy to lay in bed. <laughs> that was pretty bad, right? But that's how it felt. And your body may experience symptoms like long-term illnesses, headaches, stomach problems. Maybe you have these involuntary twitches that you notice your muscles are twitching involuntarily or your eyes or your lips. I started having those kind of things and I started thinking, oh my gosh, am I having a stroke? What is exactly going on with me? And of course, your mind goes where it should not. And by all means, beautiful, don't go to Dr. Google. It can lead you down a rabbit hole of despair. And that's what it did to me. Usually, what you're experiencing is due to the trauma that has been thrust upon you. Your mind also is likely to be very foggy, very scattered. You're having trouble articulating your words, memory issues. Your concentration is off. It's hard to track things like it used to be. I know I shared last week where, you know, I was walking around my house and couldn't find my glasses or my phone. Yet my glasses were on my head and my phone was in my hand. Now, the bad thing I didn't tell you about that was I was on the phone to my daughter talking to her (laughs) while I was looking for my phone. Listen, she really thought, oh my gosh, mom, are you okay? I kind of wondered the same thing. Long story short, it was trauma brain. And yes, it is a real thing, beautiful. Trauma brain is a real thing. So these things can leave you extremely disoriented, right? And not only have you lost the relationship that you thought once was, right? You thought you had this beautiful relationship with your partner, regardless of whether or not you had some problems, you thought the marriage was forever, 
You thought it was going to be, you know, until death do you part. But now you've come to realize that the relationship, what you thought was, actually isn't. You might have even felt like you've lost yourself. Who you were and the parts of yourself that you depended on seem to actually have vanished. They've gone missing. You don't know where you are anymore. And the woman that you see looking back at you in the mirror, you look at her and go, who are you? I don't even know you. So you're disoriented. You're not organized anymore. You might not be the dependable person that you are used to being. You're forgetful, unreliable, confused, uncertain about the future, uncertain about your day-to-day life. But one thing I want you to note, one thing that is important to remember is that you are experiencing trauma symptoms and they are temporary if you choose to do the healing work. Can trauma symptoms be long-term? Yes, they can, absolutely. But when you choose to walk in a healing journey, to move forward and actually heal yourself from the trauma that you've been thrust into, beautiful, you can recover and you can go on to have an absolute beautiful life. And that's one of the kindest things that you can do for yourself is to actually accept reality, accept the truth of what you're dealing with, acknowledge what has happened, and start your healing process. And if you have no idea where to start, then beautiful, down below in the show notes, you have a free 20-minute consult. There's a link. You can click on it and you can actually set yourself up with me. We can talk together over Google Meets and really find out where you are, where you desire to be, and devise your healing journey for you. That recovery plan, so to speak, so that you can begin to move forward Find yourself again, heal and recover, and go on to enjoy life once again. So schedule your time with me. They're filling up quickly, actually. I started mentioning that not long ago, and they're filling up quickly. And the reason they are is because I'm actually running a special right now through the 31st of July because we've hit over 100 episodes where when you sign with one of my coaching packages, I'm giving you an extra coaching session for free. It's a $100 value, and I'm giving that away to you free when you sign up for one of my coaching packages. So get your free consult with me before the 31st. If not, at least schedule it before the 31st. And in other words, get on the schedule. It can be in August, but schedule it before the 31st of July so I know that you met that window and you can still get that special. I would love to have that happen for you. All right. So last week we talked about really 12 different reasons the agony for the betrayed spouse is so great. Why infidelity hurts so much. Why betrayal is so damaging to you when you have suffered it. And I want to kind of run through those and give you how you can actually start healing from these. Last week I told you, you know, the symptoms and the impact. Well, now I want to share how you can move forward from it. The very first one, and and go back to your notes from last week, pull out your pen and paper so that you can write this down. The very first one we talked about was the expectations for what it means to be married 
has been violated. You know, when you get married, you have expectations. And the expectations are that you have vowed before God and everybody else that you are going to be loyal to each other to death till you part. Good times and bad times, sickness and in health for richer or poorer. You know the deal, right? Well, now it's been broken. So how do you deal with expectations that have been violated? Well, beautiful, the best way that I can tell you how to start moving forward through that is to lay down your expectations when it comes to your unfaithful spouse. Now, I don't mean in the sense of letting them off the hook. That's not what I'm talking about here. But I'm talking about the expectation of expecting them to walk out their recovery in a certain time period expecting them to toe the line and do what they say they're going to do, expecting them to be truly remorseful and repentant and to seek restitution with you, Um, expecting them to be on your timeline when it comes to reconciling your relationship, expecting them to truly understand the impact of what this betrayal has done to you to you know to really validate your feelings and um, just what you're going through beautiful you're going to have to lay those expectations down and this is just truth we're facing truth right that's what i'm bringing to you today face the truth that you're going to have to lay the expectations down and that's not easy and i know because i had to do this i expected all of those things that i just shared with you but my husband didn't meet those expectations his timeline was different than mine he didn't recover as quickly as I wanted him to recover. He didn't kick back into gear and repent when I wanted him to. He didn't validate my feelings and understand the impact of the betrayal when I wanted him to. It was a process. And I share that with you because once I learned to lay down the expectations and to just allow things to unfold, keep him accountable, yes and amen, right? But turn him over to God and say, God, you deal with him and I'm going to work on my own recovery and I'm going to now realize that I can place expectations on myself, healthy expectations, and walk through those. But I have to lay down the expectations on him because he's going to disappoint me at the end of the day. And when I did that, it was very freeing. So beautiful, that's your first stop. Lay down the expectations, put them in God's hands, and allow the natural flow of things to unfold. Number two is this. You're afraid that the life you loved is over and that the pain will continue forever and ever. Amen. You know, beautiful fear is a real thing. And when we are faced with fear, the pain and the fear of betrayal, it is quite understandable to fear the re-experiencing, so to speak, of the betrayal. We live in fear, right? We fear that the relationship is over. But living in fear is no way to live. You've worked incredibly hard to get to this point where you are in your recovery journey. Now, you may be at the beginning, but some of you, some of you have been working this out for a while. And No matter where you are in this journey, you deserve to be able to breathe. You deserve to have good days without constantly worrying that the other shoe's going to drop. So to start living without fear, I recommend 
that you start to take the necessary steps of a fair recovery so that you can move forward even if you're fearful. Yes, do it scared anyway right? (laughs) Now I want to share with you just a couple things that helped me when I was in that fearful state. Remember that your potential can trump over fear. When we're traumatized, it's easy to slide into a defensive operating system. And in this state, it can feel as if the world's out to get you and you expect things to go wrong. You're looking for the next shoe to drop, right? But frankly, we fear the worst. And suddenly, the day-to-day task, your routine, such as checking social media or interacting with others, can seem terrifying because you're concerned that you're going to rec- uh, you're going to actually uncover more about his pornography use or his affair, and you're going to literally be slapped in the face with something once again. Or you're fearful because you're going to fear that you find out that he's choosing to walk away from the relationship. But remember that your potential can trump over fear. So how do you come to a place where you can live as you did before, tackling each day without fear? You recognize your potential, your unique qualities and abilities that enable you to move through fear and to do it scared Anyway, tap into who you really are, who God created you to be. You have strengths, gifts, and talents, and abilities that God has given to you. Make the decision to face the day, even in the midst of fear, knowing you'll conquer it with God's help. Do it scared. Then I want you to focus on the remember wins instead of the what ifs. And this is where you intentionally keep your heart and mind focused on events from the past that revealed hope, love, and the good in this world. This allows you back into the future, so to speak. And when you're faced with fear, this tactic actually helps you to find the strength to move forward. It helps you remember that things were once really good and that they can be good again. You know, often we're robbed of joy from certain situations, and sometimes it's even created in our minds. When we're recovering from infidelity pain, we spend so much time worrying about situations that might not ever happen. We can get so worked up about something on the horizon, expecting it to completely derail us. Those are the what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if the love never ever comes back, right? Well, remember this beautiful. You've survived the difficult and devastating setback of D-Day. You survived it. You are here presently listening to this podcast and you've survived Discovery Day. And that means you can survive whatever else comes your way. God is with you and for you and will not forsake you. What ifs produce fear? But I encourage you to think about the remember wins while recovering from the after effects of betrayal. Focusing on something solid, the times that you got through situations that seemed impossible can help you push away fear and embrace your inner strength. This is what I want you to do. And I also want you to choose to be courageous in the face of fear. It says in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
Beautiful, when your mind is clouded by confusion and hurt, it can be challenging to recall the remember wins. But I urge you to give yourself grace. You can get there. No matter where you are at this very moment, you can move forward out of strength and rather than out of fear. You can arrive at a place that's full of hope and clarity. Even in the severest of crises, there's always hope for a breakthrough. When recovering from infidelity pain, it is understandable to be fearful. And whatever your fears may be, know it's possible to overcome them. So I want you to practice these steps knowing that God is going to be with you in the midst of fear. Okay. Now, the third one is you feel resistant about dealing with the change that's been thrust at you. You know, because your spouse has violated their vows and life has changed, you know, this has been unexpected and it's extremely unwanted, right? It's altered your life at the core. You want them to fix all of it. You want them to make everything right. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So the truth is, instead of resisting the actual truth, the change that's been thrust upon you, how you begin to heal is you acknowledge what has happened to you. You acknowledge they can't fix it. They can't go back and change the past. They can't make that better. We can't rewind and undo what was done. So acknowledge that, acknowledge the betrayal, accept what has happened, and then choose to move forward into a healing journey. That's how you start to move forward from what's been thrust upon you. Okay, beautiful number four is this. Your spouse has ripped away your emotional security. Oh my gosh, it's every security in every area of your life. So how do you begin to heal When your security has been wrecked, when it's been ripped out from underneath you. Well, beautiful, that's where a safety plan comes into play. That's where you sit down and you literally establish a safety plan where you look at all of the areas of your life, physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, financially, uh, relationally, environmentally. You look at all the areas of your life and you say, okay, Where in this area of my life presently do I feel unsafe? What has caused me to feel unsafe? What is the actual thing, right? And then what is it that I need to feel safe in this area? Good for instance, let's talk emotional safety. You can say, I feel unsafe when he is gaslighting me, manipulating me, shifting the blame over to me, when he is raising his voice in anger, when I'm trying to tell him how this has impacted me, this makes me feel unsafe. So for me to feel safe, I need to remove myself when he starts to raise his voice. I will no longer allow myself to be disrespected and yelled at. I will remove myself from the situation and come back at a later time when he has calmed down. Now, the consequence of that is if he continues to raise his voice, then he doesn't have access to you until he can learn to control his anger. That's a safety plan. And it's crucial for your healing journey. Your safety plan includes writing out what makes you feel unsafe, what's required to make you feel safe, and the boundaries and consequences that are going to be employed moving forward so that you actually 
are really laying out what you will and will not tolerate in your life and what is required to be in relationship with you moving forward. I work with my clients extensively to really work out a safety plan to formulate healthy boundaries with consequences and really present these in such a loving manner that now they can see if their husband is truly going to respect these and it shows them where the heart of the matter is. So it gives you clarity as to where your relationship is. So this is a great way to move forward and heal when your security has been ripped away. Number five is this, your spouse's infidelity has robbed you of your past. Now listen, I know we look at it and say, you know, everything that I thought was isn't, right? So some of the memories of the past have been robbed, but how do you heal from that? Beautiful, you make a conscious choice that you are not going to allow what has transpired And you're not going to allow the enemy of your soul, Satan, to rob you of the good memories that were associated with your past. Yes, there are going to be some things that you're going to look at when you're looking at pictures and you're going to remember some dates and you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's when he was, you know, really engrossed in pornography or that's when he was with the the other woman, you know, he was heavily involved in that affair and it's going to be a reality check and that's going to be harsh, right? And those are going to be memories that are going to be painful. And yes, you can choose to bury them. You process through, you bury them and you let them go. But the, the times, even during that time period with your family, with friends, certain time periods that you look at and go, you know what? That was a joyful moment for me. Don't allow the enemy of your soul to rob that from you. Don't allow the betrayal to rob the good moments of your past from you. It's a conscious choice that you make that you're not going to allow everything to be ripped out from you. You have that control, beautiful. You have that power. God's given that to you. You can make that choice today to choose to hold on to the good in your past. All right, number six is this. You feel guilty. Beautiful, how do you deal with the shame and the guilt that's been thrust upon you by this affair? Well, that's where standing in truth comes into play. That's where you recognize you were the one who did not break your vows. You were loyal to the relationship. You walked in integrity, character, and you stayed pure at heart. You have nothing to feel ashamed about and you don't need to feel guilty. Remember, his choice to have an affair or to be involved in pornography was his choice. It had nothing to do with you. It wasn't that you weren't pretty enough, good enough, thin enough, whatever, right? Has nothing to do with that. At the end of the day, the reason why it happened was because he chose his own selfishness. His own selfish desires came before you. And that's the truth. That's why you can let go of the guilt and the shame. And again, that is a part of the choice that we get to make and step into when we recognize the truth of what truly transpired through the betrayal. All right, let's say number seven, you're wracked by horrific grief. The best way that I can say that you can heal from grief, beautiful, from betrayal is to face it head on and to recognize that grieving is a natural process 
of recovering from the trauma of betrayal. You have lost much. And when we have lost, there is grief. There's denial. There's bargaining. There's anger. There um, is just the overall depression and sadness that goes with it. There are so many different stages with grief, but it is grief nonetheless. And yes, you are going to go through it. The best way to go through it is to embrace it, to process through it, and to give yourself the grace to grieve. Don't put it under a rug. Don't deny it, but allow yourself to grieve the losses of what has transpired. You've lost your relationship of what was. You've lost the person that you were um, vowed to. They aren't who they used to be. Um, You've lost a lot of uh, your self-worth at this point. You've lost a bit of yourself grieving these things as necessary so that you can start to regain and rediscover who you are. It's a natural part of the healing process. So instead of being constantly stuck in the grief and racked by it, embrace it and allow yourself the grace to process through and to grieve it so you can become healthy once again. All right, number eight is this. Your imagination torments you with the thoughts of the pornography use or the affair in and of itself. Beautiful. This is where scripture tells us to take captive every thought and to submit it unto Christ, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. You know, when we ruminate on thoughts, they become an entrenched limiting belief system and they can take us captive. The way to dismantle this is at the thought process. I kind of equate it this way. If you go and watch a movie that was just horrible, you wouldn't go back out to the box office and buy another ticket and make yourself watch that movie again and again and again and spend good money to buy another ticket time after time and time again. You wouldn't do that. You would say that was a movie that really was a stinking movie. I didn't enjoy that. And I'm not going to do that again. Well, the same applies. You have the self-control because God has given to to you self-control. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. He has given you self-control to take captive every thought and to then submit it unto Him. I like to say, I, I call it in the box, where you literally visualize yourself taking that thought that's really tormenting you out of your mind, grabbing it with your hand, taking it out of your mind, placing it in a box and locking it up and putting it at the feet of the cross of Jesus and saying, God, I no longer want to be held captive by this thought anymore. I'm putting it under the blood. I'm giving it to you and I am willingly walking away from it. I'm not going to allow myself to ruminate on this anymore. I'm turning away from the thought, and I'm going to think upon the things that are good and pure and holy and righteous, the things of God. I'm choosing to think elsewhere, to fill my mind with the things that actually will heal me and not harm me. Beautiful, this is just one way that you can transform your mind so you're not tormented by thoughts any longer. 
Okay, I know we're going a little over, but hold tight with me. Number nine is this, your self-esteem plummets. Beautiful, when it comes to reestablishing your self-esteem, it is a conscious effort. This is where you start confidence building exercises. Let's say that you start to recognize your gifts, your talents, the strengths that you have, and you start to employ them. You take up good hobbies once again. You might um, enroll yourself in a class in, at a community college. Um, you may choose to change careers. You may choose to um, take on a Bible study. You may choose to share your story so that you can build uh, confidence and courage by doing it scared anyway. These are things that help us to build our self-confidence once again. Self-care, taking care of yourself, doing your trauma work, working with a trauma-informed coach, all of these things are necessary to rebuild your self-confidence and to get you back to who you really are. All right, and number 11 is this. You want your spouse to pay for what they've done to you. Spouse, uh, honey, I get it. I really do. But realize that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So laying that down at the foot of the cross and asking God to allow natural consequences to unfold is exactly what you're going to have to do. If you choose to walk the route of vengeance, it's only going to compromise your integrity, character, and it'll wreck the purity of heart that you're walking in. People are watching, whether you realize it or not. They're watching how you are going to walk through your recovery path from betrayal. Choose to stay the course, stay pure at heart, and lay down that need for vengeance, that desire for vengeance, and allow the natural consequences to take place. Is this easy? No. But will it bring healing to your heart? Absolutely. When you feel the need to be vengeful, get in the Word of God. Call a trusted, safe friend. Talk it out. Make an appointment with your coach. Work it out. Journal it. Talk to God about it. Scream it to the rooftops with him. He can take it, right? But do what you must instead of getting on social media or choosing to ruin someone else's reputation. They've already done that themselves. They really have. Now allow God to take care of the rest. Number 12, and the last one is this. You experience so many negative emotions that your health suffers. Your mental and emotional and your physical health suffers. And, and we've talked a little bit about this where, you know, you struggle physically, loss in appetite. You might have unexplained pains, constipation, diarrhea, dry mouth, insomnia, headaches. You may uh, develop an autoimmune disorder. Um, your brain fog is through the roof, right? You can't articulate sentences well. Beautiful. How do you start to heal from that? You deal with the trauma. That's how you do it. You work with someone who is trauma-informed so that you can begin to release the trauma from your body using techniques and strategies and the tools that have been developed not just biblically, but neuroscientifically, melding the two together so that your body can release the trauma, you rewire the brain, and now you're healing mind, body, and spirit. Jesus healed the whole person. 
The whole person needs to be healed. You can't just focus on one, but you have to focus in on the entire person. Can you try to do it yourself? You can try, but I can honestly tell you from experience that it usually doesn't work that way. I was a pastoral counselor for 15 years and a mental health coach, trauma coach, the whole gamut, right? I couldn't do it on my own. I employed a coach. I employed a good counselor. I had both that were trauma-informed that helped me work through the process. And beautiful, it helps you to really stay on the path of healing and to get there at a better rate so that you don't get stuck. You're constantly moving forward. You are actually working it out weekly, right? You get on a recovery schedule. You work through your limiting beliefs. You learn somatic techniques. You reconnect back to God. Everything you need to heal, you can have in an affair recovery plan so that you can move forward and become the person that God created you to be. You can walk in freedom, you can walk in wholeness, and you can be healed from the trauma of the betrayal once and for all. But it's a choice. All of these things we've talked about today are a choice. And it's something I pray you choose to walk into today. As the one who was betrayed, you don't have to stay stuck in the misery. And definitely, you do not have to be the victim. You definitely should not be the victim. Yes, you've been victimized, but don't stay the victim. Choose to rise up from this victoriously and choose to become better in and through the healing process. Well, beautiful, I pray that this helped you. And stay tuned for Tuesday as we enter into what is it like for the betrayer, the one who was unfaithful, how do they get impacted through betrayal? Stay tuned for that, and I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.